0: let's pause for a moment to continue this song but in a I guess more traditional prayer form will you you join me in prayer to God father we do ask you to speak what is true to us today and it is our prayer that our hearts would be open to hear that message and that we would be changed by it, that we would be different, that we would that we would be transformed because we have heard you. And we've heard your truth. And Father, your truth speaks to everything that's taking place right now in our life. It speaks to all of our concerns and the different fears that we have. It, it speaks to all of our anxieties, Father, it, it speaks to the uncertainties that we have right now in our life. So many questions and so many concerns, so we need a word from you. We need to hear you more, more clearly. So break through all the other noise and Father, may we, may we ourselves put aside those things that distract us and, and put away the cell phones and, and put away the, the concerns that we have. And Father, just be more in tune to what you would have to say. That we would not be in such a hurry that we would slow down, that we would take time to, to come to you just like this and to ask for your guidance and to ask for your leading. And Father, that we would, would seek you out, because, because you, we know that you have sought us. So Father, as we spend some time now looking into your word, uh, I just ask that we would again hear you clearly. And Father, that you, would, that you would give us exactly what we need right here in this moment for this time thankful for all those who have joined us today who are here in person who are watching online who'll be listening later on this week father speak clearly so we all might be able to hear it's in the name of jesus that together we pray amen church let me tell you it is warmer in here than it is outside but not by much but it is warmer i i promise you i promise you that uh, the, heat, the heat is on. It is warming up. I saw it warmed up one degree right over here just a minute ago. It did. It warmed up uh, one degree. Uh, it was when uh, Ross, Shelby, you guys came in sat down right over there. And uh, it warmed up. Thank you for adding two more bodies in that section. Uh, this is what we do to try to get people from out from underneath the balcony. We know you guys like to be over the, under there. It's, it's cold o- over there where you guys are. It's a little warmer down front. Uh, but we are glad that you are here whether it's a little cool or whether you're at home nice and toasty warm uh, we're thankful for everybody who has who has joined us today hey let's just uh, get out up front let's just be honest about it these last two years have left us shaken and stirred okay these last two years have been difficult for for everybody involved when when 2020 started man we had some great expectations right I mean, we looked good when 2020 arrived, kind of like this guy here, um, but we looked good, we, we had all these expectations, it was a new decade, we, we, we made our New Year's resolutions, everything was going to be different, all kinds of stuff were going to happen in 2020, it was going to be great, and now you fast forward ten year, or two years and we look like this. And I'm not gonna ask how many of you have Wilson at home and you've been talking to him and having these conversations, but that's what's happened, right? I mean, we went for 2020 with all these hopes and with all these dreams to all of a sudden being the castaway in 2022 and just wondering what's going to happen and what's gonna happen next. Because in 2020, we began hearing about a strange and unique virus that was threatening to disrupt all the, about life that we knew. Now, little was known, in 2020 about something that was called the novel COVID-19 virus. It was impacting Asia, it was impacting Europe. And with each passing day, we began to receive more and more information. And every time there was a social media post or, or we turned into the news, we began to receive more. There was water cooler conversation and, and our anxiety began to spike. And for good reason, our, our personalities transformed to part Chicken Little and part Eeyore. The sky is falling, and it's falling disproportionately on me, right? That's how we felt. That's the way that we have been over these last couple of years. We began bathing our hands in nasty-smelling sanitizer, right? And and we began searching for those that smelled the best. We began wiping down our groceries with disinfectant wipes. We started making our own face coverings. And guys, don't forget the run-on toilet paper that took place Where overnight, we went from don't squeeze the Charmin to give me my Charmin, right? That was kind of how it went. And then everything shut down. Everything shut down. It was canceled. Restaurants, schools, and churches all closed their doors. Sporting events and concerts were canceled, along with vacations and family reunions and and graduations. Some of you were told you were a non-essential worker. And you were like, well, in that case, why am I even here? And they said, that's right, go home. And so you did. You went home, and all of a sudden, our lives, along with our lifestyles, went into lockdown. Laptops and and tablets became our anchor to the outside world. Our our dining room tables became makeshift offices and classrooms. Living room couches began to be stand-ins for church pews. And we learned how to Zoom. And we learned how to dress for Zoom. Business up top. Party down below, right? Mask mandates, social distancing, quarantines, contact tracing. All of these phrases became commonplace. We began to closely watch the seven-day averages and the number of hospitalizations. Friends and family members were admitted to ICU units and placed on ventilators. Our favorite cable news stations began to keep a a real-time tally on hospitalizations and even deaths. And as those numbers ticked up, as all of that began to increase, the emotional stress began to press down on us individually and as a congregation. And so two years later and a couple of vaccine shots later, many things have gotten back to normal. The Titans lost in the playoffs. right, Stephen, I'm sorry. I had to... you know, it's not even in my notes. I just thought I would just throw that in, just, 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 just for you, man. I'm, 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 glad that, I'm glad that you were able to get out of bed this morning and come and be with us. That's good. Some things are back to normal. But in other ways, it just feels like we're in this sequel to the movie Groundhog Day. There it is again, Stephen, though, I mean, right? I mean, didn't y'all lose last year, too? Anyway, all right, moving on. Now, you know, everything just seems to keep repeating, and as a result, we're just left frustrated and we're left we're left tired and we're left anxious. Now anxiety comes from an interesting family of words. It's an interesting family of words that when you look back and you kind of trace the history, you see that it expresses this idea of tightness and narrowness and suffocation. The great grandfather is a Greek word meaning throat or depressed together. It was a word that was used for the yokes, the yoke that would be placed on the necks of slaves. Anxiety, well it takes us by the throat and it, and it suffocates us and it enslaves us where we do not live on our own terms. Instead, anxiety calls all the shots. And with this same sense of anxiety, this idea of being constrained, this idea of suffocating, there is a Hebrew word that, that we know translate in our Bibles as human distress. Where it says in Psalm 18, verse 6, In my distress, I called to the Lord. To my God, I cried for help. The word is "tassar," and it's literally translated as a narrow space. So in my narrow space, as, as the walls were closing in, as it seemed like everything was pressing down around me, I called to the Lord, and he heard me when I cried for help. It's from a word family that means to tie up and to bind and to restrict and to narrow. He's saying, in my anxiety, and guys, our world, it seems, is getting more and more narrow. And it's becoming harder and harder for us to breathe. For over a decade, the United States has been considered the most anxious nation in the world. Did you know that? It's not just something that started with COVID. It's been going on now for a while. Each year, nearly 50 million Americans feel the effects of, of panic attacks and phobias or other anxiety disorders. Our chests begin to tighten and we become dizzy. We feel lightheaded. We're afraid of crowds and we try to avoid people. Anxiety disorders in the United States, now get this, anxiety disorders in the United States are the number one mental health problem among women. And are only second to alcohol and drug abuse among men. It's killing us. And people of each generation in the 20th century are three times more likely to experience depression than people of the preceding generation. Guys, those who are part of what we call Generation Z, okay, those are the most stressed out people right now within our society. In fact, The average child today exhibits the same level of anxiety as the average psychiatric patient in the 1950s. Our kids are stressed out. They're worried about grades. They're concerned about relationships. They're worried about their family. They're concerned about health matters. And this was all happening pre-COVID. He said, well, where does all the anxiety come from? Or researchers have speculated that the Western world's environment and social order have changed more in the last 30 years than in the previous 300 years. Now, now those of you who are over the age of 30, those of you who have some experience, you've got some silver in your hair, you can look back and say, yep, man, been there and done that, right? You can see those changes that have taken place. And it's all happened so quickly, just think about the change and impact that technology has had on our lives. With the existence of the internet, changes and new threats are imported into our lives every few seconds thanks to our smartphones or our smart TVs or our computer screens. You get global warming information, terrorist information, virus information. It's all at your fingertips. You know, in our grandparents' generation, news of a volcanic eruption in Tonga would, would reach around the world some days later in our parents' day, the nightly news communicated the catastrophe. And now it's just a matter of minutes. We barely process one crisis and then we hear about another. So a, a psychiatrist at Cedar sinai Dr. Danovich, he says that over 90% of people experience a major traumatic event at some point in time in their lifetime. Now, I would love to be among the 10%, right? Wouldn't that be great? If you could be among the 10% that never had any kind of traumatic event. Now, apparently, this wasn't including pandemics, right? (laughs) Because now we're all in the midst of all this. But 90% of people experience a major traumatic event at some point during their lifetime. And even with smaller experiences, some individuals walk away largely unscathed, while others carry emotional scars that just continue with them throughout their lives, or at least for decades to come. And as a community, and as a nation, and as a world... We have all shared in this pandemic trauma. More than half a million Americans, more than half a million of our countrymen, just to talk about our nation, not to mention around the rest of the world, but approximately 800,000 individuals have died from COVID-19 over the last two years. Thousands more have suffered financial losses compounded by, by businesses and schools and daycares shutting down. The fallout from COVID-19 is real. And for a subset of Americans, it's a textbook trigger for post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD. Now, a Yale research paper published in the journal Chronic Stress identified 36 different studies assessing post-traumatic stress symptoms in just the general population. And it noted that PTSD symptoms like avoidance behaviors and hyper-reactivity and mood disturbances, these were observed in an average of 26% of the U.S. population. Now, before the pandemic, about 3.5% of the American adults were diagnosed each year with PTSD. Think about that increase, where that now 26% of the population has some form of PTSD due to the pandemic that we're experiencing, and all the different shutdowns, and the closures, and all the different mandates, and all the stoppages, and this, and that, and and all the the health issues that have been going on, all the concerns, and all the worries— and so with our anxiety level at an all-time high, I thought it would just be good for a couple of weeks to ask, does being a follower of Jesus have any impact at all in our anxious life? Does God have any answers for our anxiety? Is there anything that can, can, that can be done? See, but we've been taught that the Christian life is a life of peace. And so when we do not have peace, we just assume that there is some kind of problem that's going on within us. Because not only do we feel anxious, but we also feel guilty about all of our anxiety. And then we get anxious even more because, well, I'm not supposed to be feeling this way. And and this is not how God's people should live. And the result is just this downward spiral of worry and guilt and worry and and more guilt. But I'm grateful that the Apostle Paul sent us an anchor. He sent us an anchor so many centuries ago to hold on to when things begin to spiral out of control. Now, you're not going to think this is an anchor, all right? But I'm going to tell you that it is. He says in Philippians 4 and verse 6, Do not be anxious. All right. Like I said, you're not going to think it's it's an anchor. And it's going to be even more difficult when I show you the rest of this verse. Do not be anxious about anything. (laughs) Oh, great. Thanks, Paul. That really helped my guilt feeling right there. Be anxious less would have been a great challenge. I mean, that would have been sufficient, right? If I could come up here this morning and say, guys, all you need is just less anxiety. And that's what the Bible says. Just have less anxiety. That would have been a challenge. Or how about be anxious only on Thursdays? Yes. Right? All the rest of the week, you're going to be fine. But anxiety on Thursday, just give me my anxious day so that I can have my chamomile tea and and I can just kind of relax. And you guys remember Calgon, take me away. Some of you guys remember that? Remember that, remember that commercial where you, you've got, it was usually this, this nice beautiful lady and, you know, had a, had a rough day and everything's, the phone's ringing, the kids are yelling, it's been a hard time at work and it's like, "Calgon, God, take me away and, and all of a sudden there's this bubble bath and, and birds are chirping and there's this nice music playing, you know, in the background. Some people should be sued for false advertising, Right? I mean, some people should be sued for false advertising. I mean, Calgon does not take everything away. And also, the burger that I get at Burger King never looks the way it does on television. Can I get an amen about that, right? Don't they make them look so good? And that increases my anxiety. And it goes through the roof. But Paul doesn't say, look, just be anxious only on Thursdays or, or only during seasons of severe pain. But let's be honest, it, look, it seems a little naive, right? Do not be anxious about anything? I mean, is that really what Paul's trying to get at? Well, actually, yes and no. He, he writes this encouragement in what's known as the present active tense, which implies an ongoing state. It's the life of continual worry and dread that he is addressing right here. You see, it is not God's desire That you live a life of perpetual anxiety. There's going to come these moments where there's going to be anxiety that builds up in our life. But it's not his will that you face every day with fear and dread. He made you for more than just a life of breath-stealing worry. Where you just always feel like that everything is closing in around you. He has something better in mind. So listen to the rest of the context around what he says about do not worry. Or do not be anxious. Philippians chapter 4, beginning in verse 4. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all, because the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I think I've told you before that Kendall's most highlighted book, Kindle's most highlighted book is the Bible. And within the Kindle Bible their app, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7 is the most highlighted passage. Now, if you've never gone and highlighted Philippians 4, 6 through 7, I encourage you to do so. Maybe it's something that you need to do because it has great reminders in it. You learn to celebrate God's goodness as it talks about rejoicing in the Lord always. You learn to ask for God's help when it talks about carrying your concerns to Him, to leave your concerns with Him. It says you do it with thanksgiving. If you were to continue reading down to verse 8, you learn to meditate on good things, those things that are excellent and praiseworthy. You see, to lower our anxiety, to lower our anxiety, we need to raise our awareness. And to raise our awareness that the sovereign, all powerful creator and sustainer is near. So share your anxiety with him. And in turn, get this here is his promise God says, You share your anxiety with me, and I will share my peace with you. And that sounds like a good deal. We take our anxiety to God, he says, I will share with you my peace. Author Max Licato says, With God on your side, you will sleep better tonight and smile more tomorrow. You will reframe the way you face your fears. You'll learn how to talk yourself off the ledge. Learn how to view bad news through the lens of sovereignty and discern the lies, the lies of Satan and tell yourself the truth. You will discover a life that is characterized by calm and will develop tools for facing the onslaughts of anxiety. Now look, I don't want you to get, I want you to get the idea that anxiety is just something that we just wave away and use God like a genie in a magic lamp. And we just go, we just rub on the side of our Bible. And it's like, all right, Lord, help me just go to work today and everything's going to be fine. And, and I don't have to worry about this project or I'm going to go to school. and don't have to worry about this test. don't have to worry about these people. Everything is going to be great. Look, there's work that has to be done on our part as well. And for some of us, this is important to hear, God's healing will include the help of therapy and or medication. And if that's your path, Please do not feel as if you were damaged goods and somehow not strong in your faith or strong as someone else might be. Pray that God would lead you to a qualified counselor, or physician, who can provide you the treatment that you need. Guys, anxiety is not a sin. It's an emotion. It's an emotion that, that can sometimes begin to overtake us, again, as we feel like everything is closing in around us. So don't be anxious about feeling anxious. Anxiety can, however, lead to sinful behavior. If we try to numb that, that, that pressure, if we try to numb those fears with alcohol or, or food or drugs or, or relationships, then we are sinning in that case. And if your anxiety leads you to abandon your spouse or to neglect your kids or, or break covenants or break hearts, beware of that. Look, Jesus said, not the one that sees this, but maybe someone else has come to you. And they've asked you this very question and said, you know what, I just don't see you laughing as much as you used to. Do you see problems in every promise? Do you see problems everywhere that you look? Would those who know you best describe you as increasingly negative and critical? Is now nothing good and nothing's working right and everybody's making mistakes? And Do you assume that something bad is going to happen to you? Do you just know that it's inevitable, It's going to come? Do you delude and downplay good news with a dose of your own version of reality? Do, do you walk out after a lesson like this this morning talking about how to hold on during anxiety? And it's like, "Oh, that all sounds good. It's easy for the preacher to say, but pfft. Have you pulled away from ministry and service? Have you stepped back from your involvement with others because you just feel like you just can't handle any more responsibility or or the demands that perhaps others would place on you? Most days, would you just rather not get out of bed? Now, I'm not asking that to our school-age children because the answer is yes. But, you know, for, for, for older individuals who are here, would you rather just not get out of bed? Do you magnify the negative and do you dismiss the positive? And given the chance, would you just avoid any interaction with humanity for the rest of your life? Right? If I could just go and and live in my little hole, if I could just go and, and live in a basement somewhere in Montana, that's what I would do. Now look, if you answered yes to the majority of these questions, perhaps anxiety is pressing life's breath out of you. And if this is you, if the narrow space of these COVID two years has just made it hard for you to breathe. If the last two years have suffocated your spiritual vitality and joy, then, then I want to share with you the antonym of Tazar. I want to share with you the antonym of that narrow space, that human distress. The antonym is Yasha, and it signifies open space. All right? It signifies open space. In fact, the word can also be translated and often is in your Hebrew Bibles, salvation. Psalm 27 and verse 1 The Lord is my light and my open space. So whom shall I fear? Who, who, who's going to press in on me if this is who God is? You see, yashah is the base word also for Yahshua, it's Jesus. So God's answer for our breathless anxiety is to provide us room to breathe in his wide open kingdom. The open space, that's what he wants us to enjoy. And so what if more viruses come? And look, I I know the COVID virus and all of its ramifications have been terrible. But praise God, it cannot divorce us from the kingdom of God. And, And what if we lose our job? And look, I don't wish that on anybody. But unemployment doesn't change the fact that I can still be part of the kingdom of God. What if your retirement is worth, is worth less today than, than five months ago or, or five years ago? Your inheritance in the kingdom of God hasn't been touched. And you know, we might have to say goodbye. We might have to say goodbye to family members, to friends, co-workers. But we remain in the kingdom of God. And there's going to continue to be natural disasters that come with no warning. Volcanoes will continue to erupt. But our standing in the kingdom of God goes on undamaged. And guys, we might contract the flu or the chickenpox or whatever new contagion might come down the road this year. And look, hear me now. I am not downplaying the impact of any of these anxiety-causing events. Nor am I trying to belittle the anxiety that perhaps you feel right now just to be talking about these things. But what I'm saying is, I'm not going to lose sleep and let these things steal my joy. Because I woke up today still in the wide-open kingdom of God. And so did you. It is not God's will for us to live a life of peace perpetual anxiety. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to get on your feet. Everybody stand up. Alright? Because you're cold already, you need to stand up. Right? I want you to reach up and stretch. And I want you to take a deep breath while you're doing it. Ready? Breathe in. Don't breathe out because we can't do that. Right. Alright, you breathe in. Now just swallow that. Okay. Bring those arms back down. And guys, let's praise the God of wide open spaces. Will you sing along with me?